Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. Episode of the Ever Black Podcast is brought to you by Death Wish Hot Rods and Customs. Check out their Instagram for all their new t-shirts, caps, beanies, cups, and the all-new Atomic Death lineup. Good, good to see you again, man. Um, look. I suppose I suppose we just get straight to it. I mean, sure. forty years now. Yeah, you guys have been going um, for forty years. We had a break off about five or six years um, in the in the nineties, but besides that, yeah, we've been going for quite a long time. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's 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 a lot of material that you guys have managed to put together over the past forty years. So, you know, now you've now moved into a very very supposed new environment uh bringing tim on so we've we've i've read a lot of stuff that uh tim has said about joining the band about being a fan and then being able to join the band what's it been like from um from your perspective it being your band and um having having someone with the profile that tim has got in this country at least coming into the band and um and really giving you guys uh, even more of a renaissance well i think um we picked Tim um, because we were stuck for a singer um, and uh, we really wanted to get get moving with um, this album that we were doing. Um, so we got him in really quick. We, we got him in because um, uh, we, we knew he'd be able to uh, nail the songs uh, perfectly. Um, the, all the songs were written except for two, which Tim um, came up with the melodies for. Um, but to be honest, um, uh, the fact that he's got a, a high profile, um, uh, we didn't realize um, what that would entail. We were only concentrating on the musical side of it and mm. not thinking about anything else. Um, what we were thinking about was not his profile, but how busy he is. So mm. he does a lot of solo work. He's, I know he's um, doing solo stuff, uh, UMI. Uh, he does stuff with the bamboos. Um, he does stuff with, um, lots of things actually does acting and stuff like that. So we were thinking more about, um, how busy he is rather than him being, um, um, a high profile and quite well known, but what, what him being well known has done is that, um, I think it's, um, um, made a, a few people that maybe would have missed the band. And I don't know to what degree, I couldn't tell you, but um, a bunch of people who might have um, uh, not been able to um, think about the band or have access to us, um, have listened to us and um, uh, they've liked it. So that's been quite positive. But to what degree, I don't know. But um, I can tell you that um, our album went nationally uh, uh, to number four in... um, in its debut position, which is pretty good. That's pretty incredible for a hard-ons album because you guys have always kind of flown under the radar of, you know, the traditional Australian 
music media. It, it's something that I've I've sort of noticed with certain bands within Australia that the Australian the Australian music industry kind of snubs bands like you know maybe even yourselves uh, and the Cosmic Psychos and a lot of those kind of bands. Whereas overseas. You guys are extremely well known, extremely well respected. Not to say that you're not well known, well respected in Australia, but it seems the mainstream tends to just not know what to do with you. I mean, how does that how does that feel after 40 years and slugging it out, and now finally you, you're actually getting some of that recognition? It, it's it's hard to say whether we were uh, ignored or snubbed or whatever. It's it's hard to say because. Um, I can't be objective about it. And mm-hmm. when when the when the whole idea of the band was that um, it was going to be like a fun project for us while we were in high school, and we didn't really think about uh, any sort of um, marketing potential or any problems with having a name like the Hard-Ons or anything like that, um, we didn't really think about any of those things. Um, so and we never really have and that's probably why we've not been able to um um have too much dramas in the way of breaking up and things like that um and falling apart um because when you don't have um great expectations of um some kind of a career then you really don't have anything to lose and and somebody with the advice so well, the advice is lower your expectations. <laughs> no, no. Well, that that's a very Buddhist thing, isn't it? Um, <laughs> if you don't have expectations, you don't have any disappointment in your life. But in in the Australian society, it doesn't quite work like that, does it? Um, um, so uh, it, we never had any expectations, no. But we have very high expectations of the music of the band. And that's mm. we're flat out concentrating on that, flat out. So um, mm. that's that takes up all our energy. So um, we can't really even begin to think about um, things about things like um, what our profile is or anything like that. And those things are largely out of our hands anyway, right? So yeah. it's 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 hard to say, but I think it's a good approach because it means that. Um, uh, we're not hindered or enslaved by outside things like um, mm. who's buying our records, how many people are coming yeah. to our shows. If you don't, if you're not too worried about those things and and pay people to worry about them for you on your behalf, like a booking agent or whatever, yeah. or a promoter, then um, uh, yeah, then life is a little bit easier. Then you can um, get on with doing other things like um, uh, concentrating on the musical side of things. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's what's always that's what's always struck me about the hard-ons is that you just don't seem to give a shit and you just do what makes you happy musically. And it shows that after 40 years of uh, treading the boards, every time I've seen you get up there on stage, you look like you're having the time of your life. I think because it's uh, the, the secret was um, that it was a high school band. So mm-hmm. at the core of why the band exists is still... Um, the truth behind the high school band and um, you know things that you run into when you're 12 to say the ages of 12 to 17 James do you remember mm-hmm. the ages between 12 to 17 a lot of things happened in your life 
Oh, oh yeah, lots of pimples. Uh, yeah, <laughs> lots of but discovery of, of music. Of, yeah, yeah, that's friends. It. Yep. Um, do do you still have friends from that age group? Some. Yeah, certainly do you, some. Do you, do you remember where you grew up and stuff when you were twelve and to seventeen? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. and that was when I was discovering music myself. So you yes. know, that was when I was yes. really. I, I can remember I would have been about thirteen, maybe maybe a bit older when I first heard um, "Test" a single right. a single "Test" on uh, Three Hours of Power. Right. Uh, I think it was Francis Leach was um, doing the show at that stage, and oh, okay. he, you know, that's where I first encountered the Hard Ons music. I'd seen I'd seen your logo on like older kids' books at school and things like that. But uh, that's where I first encountered it. So yeah, that's that's encountering those kind of things for the first time around that age. So yeah, I was 26 when that uh, CD single test came out, and we're just around the corner from breaking up the first time around. And oh, wow. so yeah, that was we'd been going for about um, nine years straight, um, I suppose. Um, but um, what 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 I meant to say was. Um, I met uh, two, the two other guys in high school um, in the hard-ons. Mm. Uh, and in fact, I met them in primary school um, mm. when I was uh, 10. So I met them when I was 10 and uh, we're all around that age group. So um, uh, we knew each other quite well. And um, in the case of me and Blackie, the two, two mainstays of the band, I suppose, mm. um, I, I remember um, going to buy a lot of secondhand and brand new records with him on shopping expeditions to the import shops in the city and stuff. And um, we were obsessed with um, hard rock and punk. And uh, mm. and just after after meeting a lot of people a bit older than us, because we were 14 and 15 and we met kids that were like 17, 18, 19, adult, mm. adults. We met adults and, and we realised that... Um, um, a lot of people were really into um, compartmentalized, um, you know, like um, cliched uh, scenes, you know, like punk scene or a metal scene or a, or a scar scene or a mod scene or something like that. And, and, and I remember discussing the, the idea that we were into Deep Purple and ACDC and we met people who were uh, uh, punks and they, they didn't really think that that was good you know and we thought that was really stupid that you'd have to like uh, be dishonest to yourself when you if you like acdc and deep purple well you, i'm not allowed to talk to somebody with a mohawk or something you know oh, but that, that that was but that was the uh i guess the early 80s when mm. people were a little bit more hung up about those things but it, it what that did was uh it really um made us realize that um Right, we're not worried about haircuts, scenes, or um, any sort of ideology other than just purely musical, and um, we'll just run with um, the music that we like. And uh, it might be metal one day, it could be pop, it could be punk, but we just go with what we really like, and and not not let things um, uh, hold us back or enslave us. You know, so we wanted yeah. to be as really as free as possible. Um, uh, we didn't know where that was going to take us, but we we're having so much fun when we were kids, forming a band. Um, that that by the time we were old enough to play in pubs and stuff like that, that fun 
the whole idea that we're on this big musical adventure and nothing else, absolutely nothing else other than a musical adventure really held the band together like glue, you know? Mm. And um, uh, a lot of the imagery that I would come up with uh, artwork was deliberately comical and satirical and sarcastic because um, we thought everything else was really a joke. Besides the music, everything else was a a big laugh to us, you know, nothing to be taken seriously, you know. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. So our our attitude is, the the core of our attitude is the same. That is, um, we're really serious about what we want to do with music and um, everything else is kind of just, you know, um, outside static and noise that we, you know, we don't really have to pay too much attention to. And um, by the time it gets to the stage, uh, you do have to pay attention to um, outside noise. Um, then you pay a manager or um, or a booking agent or a promoter to do that for you so you don't have to do it. Yeah, and you can just focus on what's important. It's just music, yeah. Yeah. And th- that, that, th- th- there's a big flaw with what we're doing, and it's that... Um, you, you set yourself up having a band like that and with a name like the Hardons, you know, it's, you know, and you got catchy songs that could maybe be catchy enough for the mainstream to uh, enjoy or whatever and get some um, financial success that way as well and hitting the charts and stuff like that. And they, they'd be, you know, don't get me wrong, they'd, they'd be wonderful. It'd be wonderful if the band had a higher profile and we made more money, but, mm. um, uh you know, it's, but we've chosen this path and it just seems like we can't really then turn around and go, oh, wait, wait, wait. Look, we were just joking. We were serious. We want to be big. You know, we <laughs> want to be famous. We want to be household names. It's a bit too late for that, all that now, isn't it? Well, you know, I, to a certain degree, I think you guys are bits of household names. You're, 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 you're an Australian musical institution with, with you know, a certain, certain crew of people, but... Um, a lot of people know who the hard-ons are. May not know much about the hard-ons, but a lot of people know the hard-ons are a punk rock band. So, or a rock band, really, because like you said, you're not just sort of confined to the one thing. So, um, Yeah, but James, a lot of people have heard of dysentery, but they don't know exactly what it is. You know, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> no, true. But um, I was going to say, you know, what was the thinking behind becoming a four-piece originally, um, seeing you guys were a three-piece for so much of your um, existence? We we always worshipped the idea of a three-piece because, um, you know, uh, from a, a physics point of view, if you have a, a, a stool with four legs on it, if one, one leg is not pulling its weight, then... It's going to be rattling, you know. You'll someone sit on it; it'll just be a little bit wonky, you know. Mm. But a three-legged stool will always be really stable. It'll never be; you, it'll never flop around. Mm. So it's a very powerful um, configuration: a three-piece, a three-legged yeah. stool, and a three-piece band. My way of thinking is this: right, a three-piece band. You have bass that, that for a rock band anyway. You have a bass guitar player, a lead guitar player, and a drummer. And then it's up to the band to work out someone's going to have to sing and all that kind of stuff. But that's a three-piece mm. band. There's nowhere to hide, really, you see. If anyone's not pulling their weight, 
then that's a bad band, you know. Mm. But the moment everyone pulls their weight, it becomes very powerful and unstoppable. So that we were um, really um, uh, obsessed and um, uh, in love with the idea of a three-piece for a very long time uh, because we thought that was a powerful configuration. Mm. Um, but then when we first started, we were trying to figure out who was going to sing. Is um, At the very beginning, it was Blackie, the lead guitar player, who was singing all the mm. songs and writing most of the music. And then after, I guess after about a year and a half or two years, um, our drummer Cash took over because um, Blackie actually um, wanted to be the, I think, I don't know if he said it, but he's heroes of people like um, Ed Cooper from The Saints mm. and, uh, uh, you know, people like um, um, Steve from The Sex Pistols, you know, like the, mm. You know, the, the, the guitar hero, the yeah. guy who really um, is up the front and takes the scruff of the neck of the band, you know, the lead guitar player. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Van Halen, that kind of stuff, mm. you know. And so he wanted to be that guy and he didn't want to sing. And so our drummer by default became singer because I, I couldn't sing. So <laughs> it, it seemed to work. And we, we thought that three-piece was really powerful until – um, our drummer left, um, and then we got another drummer who didn't sing, Peter Kostic from yeah. Front End Loader and Regurgitator. And Blackie yeah. went back. Blackie went back to being a lead singer, and I just basically told him, "You just have to rediscover what what you were doing when you were 14 when we first formed the band." Mm. And he said, "Yeah, that's not too hard. It's uh." Planning on traveling this summer. Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVic coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your Vic card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVic coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVic and Harris Teeter fuel points. You know, it's it's... It's something I can do. So he went back to singing and we still stayed this three piece, uh, a really stable configuration where everyone was by design forced to contribute mm. really powerfully, you know? Um, and then when um, we did this 30th anniversary tour uh, in 2014 and uh, we saw our, our ex singer and drummer, Kesh the Silver, um, mm. For 15 years, he would have sat out of the band. He'd done nothing musically, nothing. Mm. And we thought it was a shame uh, that he did nothing. And so uh, he hinted that he wanted to maybe um, learn to fall in love with the band again and contribute mm. and come back. And so we said, yeah, you can come back. But we already have a drummer, so you can't drum. So you'll have to uh, just be out the front, front man, and man. sing. Yeah. And, but then that meant that... Um, we all of us had to get over this fear of um, the fourth member actually contributing equally. Otherwise it'll be mm. this unstable stool again. And towards the end there, um, through lack of interest, uh, lack of motivation, the stool started becoming unstable again mm -hmm. until um, we asked Tim Rogers to be 
become the fourth leg in the stool, as it were, fully knowing that this was a guy that uh, wasn't a slouch. Uh, somebody who, if you gave him a set of songs, a set of how to sing the songs, you know, the instructions, you know, um, you know, we, we just passed him the hard-ons like an uh, Ikea table, you know. Here you yeah. go, here's an Allen key. Can you come and contribute? And he said, oh, 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 give me the instructions. I'll do it. And then when he turned up, he said, I already know the band. I already know all the songs. I already know the <laughs> DNA of the band. I'm a mm. big fan, so I can contribute. And his contribution has been so strong that um, uh, we didn't have to worry about being this wonky uh, stool. Mm. You know, here I go back to that stupid uh, parallel again, but uh, <laughs> it seems to work in this case. Yeah. Um, yeah. So his contribution has been like outstanding, really. Well, he's fantastic fronting the band. I mean, uh, like I said, I've seen you numerous times over the years. I've always, always loved the shows and everything, but it really brought something extra having someone like Tim up front of, of the hard ons. And you guys still performing the way that you have done for the past 40 years. It was absolutely fantastic to see. Where did you see us, James? Oh, God. At the Un you... Uncaged Festival or? Um, no, no. Maybe in the Brisbane. Zoo. Oh, okay. Yeah, yes. the zoo show. Yes. Oh. Um, but, you know, previously I'd seen you all over the place over the years, whether it be right. up in Toowoomba and Melbourne or in Sydney yes. or Gold Coast, Brisbane. So, yeah, yeah I've it... caught, caught many a hard on show. Tim does a really good job. Tim, um, you know, you know, the, the, you, what's that uh, Frank Zappa record, Uncle Meat, where he goes up to um, uh, um, Ian Underwood and says, uh, "What can you that's fantastic? What can you do that's fantastic?" You know, <laughs> what a question. <laughs> what can you do that's fantastic? And How we do asked we even that. Answer to, that? <laughs> well, we asked that to Tim Rogers. You know, yeah. we said, "What can you do that's fantastic?" And his answer was a significant amount of stuff, you know. Um, yeah. And he, he, he can answer those questions without arrogance, but mm -hmm. just, just, um, the, just showing us how he does it. And, uh, and I suspect that's what he does with all his other projects, that yeah. uh, he, he has a good idea of what he can do and what he can't do and what he wants to do. And more to the point, he's motivated to uh, let that come out, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, and fast track it really, bring it out really quickly, not fart us around on and sitting on yeah. it. He just brings it out very quickly, and um, you know, you get a get a lot done with Tim Rogers around, you know, you know, That's very awesome. short time. Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of getting a lot done, you guys have had to reschedule a few shows for the rest, uh, the final final dates of your Australian tour. Um, because you know everyone, everyone's had it and everyone's getting it, and obviously not pleasant. But um, so you've got a few more shows left um, through June. Uh, it's next week, looks like um, Wollongong, Sydney, uh, Newcastle, and Avalon. Um, That's right. Then you guys, I know you guys have always had quite a good uh, overseas touring schedule. Is that next year hit the you know, jump on the plane for the European um, summer season or? Yes. Uh, well, in August, um, we're also playing um, Western Australia as well. We've got four shows in um, Western mm -hmm. Australia in August. Um, and I guess that will be uh, listed on the Hard Ons official Facebook page there. But uh, we've got um, 
we've asked our booking agent to um, go ahead and book us a, a, a tour of Europe in uh, May, which is when um, everyone will be free to um, tour uh, Europe. Um, uh, I think everyone's going to so be including Tim. Sorry? That's May. May next year. Yeah, so, oh, uh, next year. Yeah, um. yeah, yeah. So, so we're, we're booking it quite in, in advance, but um, uh, Tim's got lots of other stuff to do um, mm -hmm. until then. And um, uh, we're giving um, our booking agent, you know, a year to um, a book, you know, yeah, 11 or 12 shows. So they'll be good shows. And, until and we want to go to New Zealand maybe in uh, February, but it all mm -hmm. depends on uh, how much time Tim has because he's I know he's quite busy. Um, mm -hmm. But all the other three guys in the Hardons will have other musical things to do mm -hmm. as well. So we've got um, Blackie, the guitar player, has a solo career. So and yep. I play in a band called Nunchucker Superfly with him. So yep. we're yep. we're we're going to do shows with a new drummer uh, that we've got. Um, and Murray, our drummer, plays in um, a couple of other bands as well. So uh, we, we've you'll be busy. Uh, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll just. Um, I think that's the only thing you can do if you're in a a band in Australia. You you have to have like lots of things happening to make sure mm. that um, you don't sit idle for two months doing nothing. Um, yeah. So that's if you want to play music um, constantly, and playing music constantly is really good. Um, uh, it, it, it helps you stay sharp. I, I, you know, mm -hmm. it helps me anyway. I don't if if I stay idle musically for a couple of months, I can get the rust can set in. Um, yeah, uh, quite dramatically. So I don't want that to happen. Uh, um, um, well, during the lockdown, we we um, we I think we struggled. Uh, we struggled because um, we couldn't get together to rehearsal constantly. That was a that was a big thing. I think that was a thing that I missed the most: um, getting together to practice and going on tour. And we had um, a tentative tour of uh, Japan booked, and uh, we which was going to be hard anyway because remember the Olympics were on. And um, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. The, the whole idea of going during, to Japan during the Olympics when it's on in Tokyo. Was going to be hard anyway, but the the COVID nineteen situation just put a stop to it, full stop. Mm. And uh, we we were going to go to Europe sometime in uh, October, but um, it was very obvious around April um, two thousand twenty that uh, we weren't going to go. So that was, no. I mean, but you from a point of view of a guy in a van, yes, it's hard, but from a point of view of a regular citizen, it, it's not that bad. I mean, um, none of us got really sick. Um, mm -hmm. You know, uh, it, I think it was hard for um, hard for a uh, lot more of our, our friends that had, um, you know, jobs in the music industry that lost jobs. That, mm. um, but uh, for all of us, we this wasn't our main job. It was like a yeah. like a hobby that you know. You know, that we tell the ATO, hey, we we went on tour, we made this much money, now go away. You know, that's mm. all we kind of do. It's not, this yeah. isn't a big job for us, you know. No. Um, um, so we all had um, our day jobs to uh, yeah. keep the income going, but uh, 
in the way of um, COVID, like creating havoc for people who were booking agents, uh, guys that were roadies, guys that were, uh, you know, tour managers and, mm -hmm. and whatnot, uh, venue operators, you know, they, you'd have to ask them how they suffered because um, uh, the stories that I've heard have been um, obviously heartbreaking, you know. Mm. But oh, I've got friends in the industry still that have, you know, immediately lost hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, they run PA companies and things like that. And that's right. Immediately lost all of that and lost it for years. Every time they had something booked, it would come to the day beforehand and have to be cancelled. That's right. Mm -hmm. And that, that was a, that was a job, you know, that was, they were a cog in the music industry. And um, it, it, it's weird that um, when you think of the music industry, the first thing you think of um, are musicians Mm. But a lot of musicians like myself, we were a lot better off because mm. we were um, we weren't per permanent cogs in the music industry. You know, yeah. we could just drop out and just go back to our regular day jobs. And the, in the case of our drummer, um, you know, he ran a cafe as well, so he got a double whammy: no income yeah. from the music, no yeah. income from. Um, his cafe, but so he had to rely on his uh, um, job keeper and our, yeah. our guitar player, Blackie, you know, uh, in his case, uh, you know, he had to rely That's on his... job keeper. Well, mm. he, he was a personal trainer, but he wasn't oh. doing that. So mm. he had to rely on uh, a job keeper. And in my case, I worked in retail and yeah. we, we just shut the shop and we just did mail order and we survived that way. You know, how did so, how did Utopia go with uh, with um, switching over to purely mail order? I know you guys have done mail order forever and a day, but um... that's right. Well, we were in a good position because we were already doing mail order anyway. Because mm. um, one of the things about where I work is that we're a heavy metal specialist, mm. so um, there are only a handful of heavy metal specialists uh, uh, in Australia that yeah. that that has our stock. Oh, there are a few you can buy if you want a heavy metal if you want a napalm death cedar you can get it from anywhere right but yeah yeah um, but was... we have a reputation of um having lots of stuff that people would like so oh yeah um Some of the so stuff we, we, i used to sell you well we 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 um you know australia is a big country and it's mm. a very um it's a very urbanized country where most people live in five big major cities on the mm. mainland but then you've got lots and lots of other people in um, outside the big cities that like hard rock and classic rock and metal. Yeah, they, you know, they they rely on mail order. Yeah. So we we provide that service. So we we're doing mail order anyway, so it was good. But we, you know, we basically had to lock our doors and um, just come in, come in on the train with no one else there, and and just box things up all day. Um, and yeah. we survived that way, you know. It wasn't yeah. wasn't ideal because you'd rather be, you know. I didn't get a job in a record shop so I can pack boxes, you know. I want yeah. to talk to well, people about. Point, is it? Oh, I wanted to talk to people about heavy metal and hard rock and things like that, which is what I mm. like. Um, mm. And that was gone. So, but I mean, I I still had a job, so it was fine. Well, you know? yeah. Yeah, 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 it was fine. You know. Mm. <laughs> Excuse me. All right. Well, look, I'm going to let you get back to your um, your daughter. Um, 
<laughs> but look, thank you so much for having a chat, Ray. Uh, again, it's always always a great time to have a chat with you, and um, I'm really looking forward to yeah the next forty years of the hard ons. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, who who knows that? Uh, but um, I guess the, the the one of the joys of the band is that we're always evolving in some kind of a way. Um, so. You know, I guess at our stage, we have to either evolve or die, you know, because otherwise we just get so bored playing the same thing over and over again. Um, well, so you're not one of those, you're not one of those bands that have relied on one or two albums that were big in the early 90s to sort of keep going. Uh, I've noticed that there's quite a number of bands who are kicking around at the moment who only ever play songs off one or two albums that they released in the 90s. And yeah, you like guys if, never seem to be like that. You just go out yeah. and do you, you know, you don't like go, if, you don't seem to go back and sit on that. <laughs> well, lucky for us, we never had a hit. So, <laughs> oh, there, like, look, there's certain songs that people want to hear. They always, we just don't play always want to hear. Yeah. yeah. But our, our fans are really, um, um, uh, I think they're very generous to us because we, our biggest hits would be All Set to Go, Girl in a Sweater. Don't want to see you cry. Uh, where did you come from? Mm. We haven't played those songs in in a year. You know, none of those songs. We just don't play them suck anymore. Suck and swallow. Oh, we we'll still play suck and swallow. Yeah, because I, you know, we all get to do a solo each. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, but uh, our fans are really generous. They they kind of most of our fans just embrace us and go, well, what are these idiots up to now? Let's have a listen. And yeah. they don't kind of come to hear a greatest hits. Uh, set and it's i think we're lucky that um we've always done that and all our records sound quite different um you know our records are quite varied there's no uniform sound in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. you know if there is one uniform sound it's that you know that supercharged distorted guitar sound that blackie has Mm. to has to have you know besides that it's you know our melodies are quite different from album to album and on the album there are lots of different things so you know the the variety in our music is kind of like our trademark, if you, as it were. And so we get our way with playing um, a set that we really want to play. And not many people uh, wince that, oh, they, they only played those songs or they didn't play this song. No, they don't, you know. They just seem to yeah. kind of embrace the band, which is we're really lucky that way, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. I think final question, and we'll, uh, we'll leave it at that. How on earth do you and uh, Blackie play your instrument so low? I've tried, and my hand can't do that. Oh. Play, I mean, that, that guitar is really damn low. Yeah, I think it's it, it, it's a technique that we learned when we were kids, um, watching um, film clips of all the punk bands that we liked. And yeah. um, so you, you get to use your whole arm to for the force rather than um, from the elbow to the forearm down, it's the whole arm that you can use the whole <laughs> arm, you know? So, you know, it's when you're playing downstrokes and stuff, it's, you know, it, it, you can get more force that way. So you don't have, have a bent elbow to, to contend with. It's a straight arm. So that, that's the theory anyway, you know, like the Ramones and bands like that, yeah, they yeah. had that straight arm thrash, you know, it was yeah. a technique that we learned from all the punk bands back in the day, you know, but um, it looks cool. Well, if I try and play technically correctly, I get a cramp, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> excellent. Anyway. Look, thank you very much, Ray. It's a pleasure to speak to you and um, look forward to seeing you on the road next time.
Good to see you again, James. Thank you. Cheers, Take mate. Care. You have a good one. Bye. Planning on traveling this summer? Make saving at the pump part of your plans with two times the fuel points from Harris Teeter. It's easy. Download your eVIC coupon, and for every dollar you spend with your VIC card, you'll get two fuel points. That's up to $1 per gallon on quality fuel at participating BP and Harris Teeter fuel centers. Download your eVIC coupon today and save money at the pump all summer long with eVIC and Harris Teeter fuel points. 